Listener Production. Hi, 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 hi. Hello. Yes, hi. Oh, I see you over there. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Stop, stop, stop. Thank you guys so much. Welcome to come out wherever you are. This is a safe space for curious people to learn more about the coming out experience. So congratulations. You are now a part of this beautiful community. And because this is a podcast about the coming out experience, it is only fair that I go first. My name is Sean Zepps and I am gay. I first came out in early 2000 when I was 12 years old and I last came out when I was filling out daycare forms. It's interesting. They have two fields for each parent, but the moment you're filling out the name of your partner is the moment you're coming out. Today, we are welcoming a new member to the Come Out Wherever You Are family, Kath. Kath, please introduce yourself and tell us when you first came out and when you last came out. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Kath. My pronouns are they, she. The first time I came out was kind of when, uh, I think, beginning of 2019. So I would have been, what, like 20 or 21. And then, like, these encounters that you just mentioned happened all the time. But I don't know why. I just, like, prefer to go along with it and have a chuckle. Like, pretend I have a boyfriend and just be like, they have no idea that they're being homophobic. <laughs> Um, But I guess the last time I actually like officially came out was like I came out as non-binary this year. So 2021 was the last time I like, yeah, officially came out. But yeah, I'm really, I I prefer to entertain myself in situations like that. (laughs) Without a doubt, we are living in Kath Ebbs' era. Kath Ebbs is a model, an influencer, a presenter, and they host their own podcast called Conversations with Kath. And just recently, they wrote and starred in their very own TikTok series called Self Care. They share their life with their 70,000 followers on Instagram. Everything from gender and sexuality to workouts, recovering from an eating disorder, and generally just being a queer, non-binary game changer. Here's what you need to know about Kath before we go any further. Kath was born in the late 90s in Sydney, Australia. In this episode, we do chat about sex. It's nothing super graphic, but maybe don't listen to the episode with a six-year-old in the car. Now, let's talk to Kat. I grew up in a very Catholic Christian household. So the first gay person I met was my uncle is gay, but I didn't know until I was like, I think like 12 or something. And I was like fascinated by it. And he lives in Ireland or London now, London. So he was the first and the only gay person I knew until I was like an adult. And I was fascinated by the fact that he was gay because I never, the concept was so foreign to me. Mm. I also grew up a Roman Catholic, really strict family, church. Yeah, yeah, Mm. Irish Catholic here, yeah. There you go. So mm-hmm. what was the language, the lexicon, the vernacular in your home about people who were LGBTQI+. It was just zero of it. Like I wouldn't call my parents homophobic or anything. I mean, especially not now, but not when I was younger. It's not like they were sitting us down and being like, you can't, like it just, well, I didn't know what it was. Mm. Like to the point where when I was 17, I might've even been 18. 
I hope I wasn't 18, but I remember this. And I I remember thinking about this like a little bit ago and I was like, oh my God, it was around like Mardi Gras. I think it was pedestrian were like doing, they were just like going up to people. What do you call like a Vox? Yeah, man on the street. Yeah. Yeah. You're just being like, "Um, can you please tell me what LGBTQIA, like what does it stand for? Right? Yeah. I didn't know. (gasps) I didn't know. I was like, what? You didn't know at all. No. I was like, what does that mean? Wow. And then I remember my friend I was with was like, didn't know like the full acronym was like, uh, lesbian. Uh, and I was like, what the hell is he talking about? Like, wow. so yeah, that's how sheltered I was. I didn't, there was, and it, like I said, it wasn't as if like, I, I mean, possibly, but it wasn't as if my parents were like homophobic or like, we just was like zero. Yep. Didn't know, didn't hear. Like I said, when I found out that my uncle's best friend was actually his partner, I was like, what? Mm. Like I was so fascinated by it. Like- It's so funny that most of us have, I would say, on average, every person I've spoken to knew the words were bad long before puberty occurred, long before they ever fell for anyone, long before they knew what love was, long before they knew what sex was, like all of it. I had a similar experience where it's just like, well, that word is bad. So if I meet someone who is that thing, that sucks for them. And if I am that thing, that really sucks. And so you clearly have a similar upbringing. At what point did you realize, I don't think I'm straight? Um, It was such an interesting journey for me because like when I was younger, my first like, oh God, was I was in year seven and I was like, ter- there was like this guy that I like wanted to kiss or whatever at this party. And I was like, you know, terrified. I was like scared to like kiss him. And I was like in the bathroom and I was like with my friends and I was like, oh, I'm so scared to kiss him. And then my friend was like, I'll just kiss you. And then like, you know how to make out with someone. So she just like grabbed my face and like made out with me. And like, that was a pretty normal thing. Like a lot of our friends would like do stuff like that. And I remember for like weeks and weeks and weeks, it like freaked me out because I enjoyed it. And I remember being like, I can't be a lesbian. Like, what if I'm a fucking lesbian? And like, oh my God. And I, that was like planted the seed. And then all throughout high school, there was just these like encounters all the time. And even the way that I would interact with men, because I was very much like in that like uh, scene of like, we had a lot of guy friends and everyone was like hooking up with it, like very like everyone had boyfriends and like seeing people and all that kind of thing at like a really youngish age, but like all throughout high school. And I always had these really odd relationships where I would have a guy as like a best friend and they would always like me. So they'd give me like extra attention, but I would never pursue it. Like mm. everyone would be like, why are you, why don't you date? And I was just like, no, nah, they're like my best friend, but I knew that they liked me. So I like liked the idea of like companionship, but I just had like no interest in like, but I didn't put two and two together. I, I just was just like, oh, I'm not that like, I, I, I actually don't know. I just was like, oh, I'm not a very sexual person. I was just like, I'm not. I just wasn't interested in boys, but I didn't like, I didn't really understand why because I was so terrified of being gay. Like I had an experience with a friend that, cause like a lot of my friends were really like touchy feely. Like everyone would like make out with each other. It was like very normal. And I would never participate in those activities because it terrified me. Cause I was scared it like confirmed that I could, like I might've been that. Yeah. And then I had this um, encounter with a friend where, I mean, we kind of like now I look back, I'm like, we kind of slept together, but like not really. It was like super frivolous. Anyways, she thought it was like funny and fun. And I remember sitting in the bathroom after and being like, oh my God, like, am I fucking le-? like, I was so terrified. I was like, am I gay? Like, 
Mm. No, I can't be. No, 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 no. And then um, when I was in year uh, 11, I would have been in year 11, so I would have been like 16, I had a best friend. Um, she was hilarious. She's like, she's still my friend to the state. Like she was just like a very funny, like cool person. Like she was just like the class clown, like hilarious. And we were super close. And I remember we were in drama and she was just like in front of the class, like just being really funny. She used to do this thing where she'd just like start making up skits on the spot and then just have everyone in stitches. And she was like doing that. And I was kind of at the back of the room, like not like I was like observing her, but I like wasn't really like in the crowd. And I got that like ping of like my whole body filled with chemicals. And I was like, oh my God, I think I have feelings for her name's Lily. I was like, I think I have feelings for Lily. Like what? And I was like, I generally was like, what the fuck is happening to my body? Like what's going on? And then like went to the bathroom and like cried my eyes out for like an hour Mm. and then became a massive um, homophobe myself for like two years. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was super homophobic and super transphobic for my last year of high school. And then I dated a Christian and then I was like, what am I doing with my life? Wow. Okay. So there's two things we need to really put in place here. I just skimmed over that. Yeah, no, we're not, I'm not going to let you go further than that. (laughs) I also don't think Mm. that it is a shock when queer people explore homophobia and transphobia. Now, either Mm. you're fully aware of it and it becomes a coping mechanism, which is deflect, deflect, Mm -hmm. deflect. Like if I can fit Mm -hmm. in with the masses, then no one's going to think I am. They'll focus on Peggy Sue Mm -hmm. over there. But then there's also, so I'm interested in looking back on it. Is that what happened? You knew that there was something going on inside of you and therefore you needed to put out into the world that you were totally against it or or were you not sure at all? Why in those years would you start to use that type of language? I think for me, it was when I had feelings for my friend, like that was a pivotal moment because I was like, I've never felt this ever. And I knew what it was. And I was like, I can't be that. And all these little things that had happened throughout the years was me being like more, more so like, I was like, this can't confirm this. Like I was so terrified of being that. And every time it would get the slightest confirmed, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Um, and I think for me, it was a way, cause how it started, I was sitting in the car with my dad and we're actually driving up Oxford street. So there must've been Subliminal rainbows. You know what I mean? Lots of, I was like, <laughs> get it away. And I remember I turned to my dad and I was like, dad, um, what's like the logic like behind why two men and two women like can't be together? Like what's like the, like if I was trying to argue that that was like not natural or like not right, like what's like what's like the argument? And dad was like, why do you want to know that? I'm like, oh, I'm just curious. Like, I'm just curious. And he was like, uh, well, I guess like what someone would say if they wanted to argue that would be that like, you can't create life. And like the whole purpose in this world is to like co-create. That's how the world keeps going, whatever. And like, like, you know, two men and two women can't do that. Therefore it's like not natural. And I was like, right, right, right. Okay. 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 Um, Got it. Let me put that in the back of my brain. Yeah. Seed seed planted. (laughs) I was like, okay, so like I can't be gay because it's not natural. So like I'm obviously not that. And then the seed was planted. And I remember when I was in my last year of high school, it was around the time that Caitlyn Jenner Mm. um, came out. And I was, oh God, I was so transphobic. Like so many of my friends when I came out, like called me from high school and were like, 
it is the funniest thing. Like we all knew because like I just took a turn and I was so homophobic. I was so transphobic. I was like, obviously now I look back and it was like completely a coping mechanism because I was so, I was trying my hardest not to like get outed, not to get outed within myself. Like it wasn't even a thing of like, I know this is true and I want to make sure no one knows about it. Therefore mm. I'm going to be this. It was more so like, I don't want to believe it in inside myself. So I'm going to do, I'm going to go the other way to get all this evidence that I can't be that. Mm. So I convinced myself that it was like not natural or not this or not that, but I was convincing myself. So then I was like, well, I'm obviously not that because if it's not these things, like, for example, if it's not in quotation marks natural, then, like, I can't, then it's not possible. Yeah. I'm, like, making up shit in my head. And I have actually, I've never spoken about that publicly ever, but there you go. And I only do as well because I do think a lot of people that were really close to me around that time, like, you know, I think it is an important part of the story that I think a lot of queer people, um, not ev- obviously not everyone has had that experience, but this, like, a few that have, especially growing up in religious households, um, I think it's really scary to talk about it because it's like, ew, like I was what I now actively fight against. And there's a lot of shame around like going through that. Um, And I never thought I would talk about it publicly because I was like ashamed that I was like that. And like even when friends from high school, like I, like I live in the Eastern suburbs now. So, and I graduated to school around here. So like I actually see them a lot. They think it's like funny. They're like, oh my God, like, you know, and I think it's amazing, like, obviously my evolution, but, like... You are what you preached against. I'm actively fighting against the little gremlin I was. Yeah. <laughs> At some point in your life, you you know, 16 and 17 and 18, you're still very much um, doing everything you possibly can to not be, to suppress, to mm-hmm. use language that will ensure people don't know. But at some moment you go, I can't do this anymore. What is that moment? So all that was happening and I then, because I had, because I was gay, um, but didn't want to, didn't want to know it. I had completely cut myself off like sexually. Like I wasn't interested in anyone like, because I, you know, being with women and non-binary people was not an option and I wasn't interested in men. I didn't know why. I was just like, oh, I'm not really interested in it. I'm doing other things. And I got to, I I was 18, I think I just turned 19 and I met a boy who ended up being my boyfriend and he was really interested in me and, you know, we got along, whatever. And I remember this weird thing where like, you know, it was, we'd been hanging out for a little bit and my sister was like, are you going to date him? And I was like, I don't really want to, but I feel like I should. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, like, I just feel like, you know, I've never had a boyfriend. I've never been intimate with like anyone. He's really nice. There's nothing wrong with him. Like I should probably date him. Like, I don't know what's wrong. Like why I'm not. And she was like, okay. So I did. And it's, oh fuck, that, that relationship was just, there was so many things. So firstly he was, his family are like born again Christians and he grew up in the church. So he was like, he was not as religious as his family, but it was something that he was definitely struggling with. And, you know, and I guess I was as well. And there was no like passion in our relationship. And I, for so long, I went to so many like therapists and sex therapists because I couldn't understand why I didn't want to have sex with him, why I didn't enjoy sex, why, um, I didn't, I didn't really know why. Anyways, 
during that relationship, <laughs> so many things, but when we used to have sex, he would like, every time he would go down on me, like I couldn't look at him. He had to be like covered. I feel so bad for him. Anyways. And I would only like think of girls, but I was like, that's fine. Like that happens. Like people, that's a thing. And so I went to my sister who, um, she's straight. And I was like, when, and she has a boyfriend. And I was like, when you're with your partner, like you think of girls. Right. And then she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like girls are hot. Yeah, totally. I was like, cool, 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 cool. And she's like, why? And I was like, I'm like every time me and Jaden have sex. And then she was like, every time? And I was like, yeah. She was like, "Mm, okay. And I was like, "Mm." so then I remember like trying to like be like, okay, I'm going to like think of him or I'm going to like look at him or I'm going to like think of a guy that I thought was like cute and like nothing. And I was like, okay. I was like, this is fine. Like, this is not, this is not that. This is just people, people, people have different, you know, maybe I'm just like sexually attracted to women. I don't know. And then I remember one time me and, my ex had like a conversation and then he sat me down. He was like, I think you're gay. And I was like, wow. I was like, no, he's like, no, I really like, I'm like, I'm, I think you're gay. And I was like, I'm not gay. Like, no, no, no. And he was like, Hey, like, I'm just going to put it there. Like I I just think maybe you are. And you need to maybe just like think about that. And I was like, fuck. And so then my siblings, they would say really weird things to me. Like, I just remember like this one day we're in the kitchen and my sister was like, if you ever break up with Jaden, I think you should maybe like date a woman. And I was like, why are you say, why, why would you why say that? Why is the whole world telling me I'm gay and I haven't yeah, decided I this like, information you, yet? Yeah, I was like, why would you say that? And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like it would really like, I feel like you, that would like suit you. And I was like, what? Like, and then in my head, I'm like, oh, not this again, not this again. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. It just kept getting confirmed in all these like different like lots of different little ways. We broke up and my brother is probably out of, not now, but like at the time out of all my siblings, like he had a lot of queer friends and like he was dating someone who was bisexual and like we were, I was dropping him somewhere like in the car together and we'd like pulled in for him to like get out of the car. And I can't remember how it came up, but I ended up like crying and being like, I think I'm gay. And then Liam was like, yeah. And I was like, what is like Liam's like, we, you're gay. Like we've all known it for like a really long time. Um, and I was like, I was still kind of confused, but I was like a bit like, oh yeah, like I, like I'm, yeah, I'm freaking out about it kind of thing. And he was like, just don't think about it too much. Like it's there. You've told me, you don't have to tell anyone else. Like just whatever. Crazy because what what happened was, it was like no one knew. And what happened was the person he was dating at the time was best friends with my ex. Oh. And Liam had, who's my brother, had told her and then she, she had said to my ex, oh, you should like hit up Kath and like hang out with Kath. I'm just jumping in to make it super clear that when Kath is talking about their ex here, they're not talking about the Christian guy. It's a different ex. All right, that's it. Back to the episode. They were like, um, oh, but like Kath's straight. And then she was like, no, I don't, I don't think that they are. Anyways, I had no idea about this conversation. So my ex had like hit me up. And again, this person is my friend. I'd like known them like on the internet. Like we had, we'd been like virtual friends just through people for ages. I didn't even know that they were gay. And if you knew who my ex was, 
That is so silly yep. that I didn't know. I was just like, oh, my God, cool. This person, like, wants to hang out. It's like new friends. Love it. New friends. Woo. And now, my ex, like, my ex used to say me, like, no, I definitely was going in, like, this is the day. And I was mm-hmm. like, I had, I was literally like, I was going to cancel that. Like, I was just like, oh, this is like a friend. We're getting a coffee. And maybe, like, an hour into us, like, interacting, I got all those feelings. Like, the chemicals, they're like, do I have a crush on this person? Like, What? And again, I went to the bathroom, me and my bathroom hangs. And it just was the first time I was like, you know what? Just like go with it, Mm. whatever. Like just allow yourself to have a crush on this person. And yeah, that was kind of it. It was like this trickle like effect until I met them. And that was really soon after. And I remember I told my ex because we were still like friends. And I was like, hey, I've met this person. And he was just like... (laughs) I knew this was going to happen. Like wow. go forth. Like, um, and yeah, the rest is kind of history. And it honestly wasn't, be, it was because I had slowly surrounded myself with more queer content, queer people that all of a sudden it gave my body the permission to be able to like explore it. Mm. Like I wasn't scared of it anymore because I had had all this like, in, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I, I it do. was no, like I had representation around me. So I was like, oh, like I can have a happy life. And then I, and then I was still a bit like, uh-uh. and then I remember the first time we kissed, it was the weirdest experience because I was like, oh my God, like this is what people talk about. Yeah. For so long when I would make out with someone, I would in my head be like, literally be thinking like, okay, like how long has it been? That's like long enough to make out with someone. Like, okay, cool, I'll stop now. I'd never, ever enjoyed. Like I just, again, I would blame myself for ages. I was like, something's wrong with me. Like I'm just like not very sexual. I'm just like this and that. And then I remember when I kissed them and then like obviously people after that, but like they were my first. I was like, oh my God, okay, right. This is what it's meant to feel like because I actually don't want to stop kissing. Yeah, That's weird. I feel like, you're slowly and safely allowing yourself, if you were av- ever able to explore that, that there would be people and opportunities there for you to explore. So that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But really what I want to do is go back to that car ride for a second. And I don't know that if this is true for you and I don't want to um, put words in your mouth, but you're in the car. You're so emotional for the first time. You spit the truth out to your brother and then your brother says, we all know. Is that hurt? To hear a sentence like that is the first thing. Yeah, it did. It was two things. It did, but it also for some reason was kind of comforting because I think I was still like, have I made this up kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like I was like, am I that or am I just like, you know, the whole thing, am I going through a phase? Am I just like trying to, like I was just like, I, you know, so kind of it for me was like a confirmation. And even though that was scary, it was kind of nice to be like, okay, I haven't made this up which was odd. And I even remember when I called my mom, this was pretty funny. I called my mom because I don't have a very close relationship with my mom, but I called her and I told her, this was like a little bit into it. And she was like, oh yeah, you had a crush on um, Lily in high school. And I was like, how did you know that? And she was like, I could just tell. And I was like, what? Like, do you know what I mean? So I'm just like, why did no one tell me? (laughs) Well, I I always wonder if... I haven't got a chance to really talk about this with people, but a lot of people say, I always knew. And they don't mean it with malice at all. In fact, it's the opposite. They love you so much. They want you to know what they're saying is, don't worry, babe. Don't worry at all. I knew I don't, and I didn't hate you. I haven't hated you. 
And so it's supposed to make you feel quite good, but I also am, am aware that I've just heard your story and I've heard you laying your own framework to ensure that people wouldn't know, right? Like what your mom just said, it really resonates where all of a sudden people are coming out of the woodwork and identifying things that you didn't know because you hadn't even gone through puberty yet. They're like, well, of course, Sean, you had a crush on, you know, Elton John. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it is really interesting. And and I think now I look back on that stuff and I have all the feelings that you just shared. But I think at the time I was so... I think I didn't, because of all the work I'd done, I still had that thing that was like, that can't possibly be me. I'm not possibly that. I'm not possibly that thing that I was so scared of or that, like, I'm not all the, all like, you know, all the history from when I was six of me being like, am I gay? Am I gay? Am I gay? Am I gay? Now being like, oh, you are. It's like, I was so terrified of that being the truth that I, I kind of, the, when people would confirm it, it was odd for me. It kind of like helped me because mm. I was like, okay, well, maybe it is. Cause I, I, I was still so confused. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. I was still so, so like when people said that, I was kind of like, okay, I'm not making this up. Mm. You know what I mean? What were you so terrified of? What was so scary about being a lesbian? Cause I'd fought against it my whole life. And I, you know, spent so many years crying about it and crying about what was wrong with me. Like all these things that I thought was wrong with me when I was, you know, with men, when I'd have these experiences that were frivolous, I was like traumatized by them. Not actually, but you know, because I was like, I can't be gay. And I think just knowing that like my life is going to be different. Like if I, it is, you know, and that sucks to say, and it's been, you know, mostly positive, but yeah, it's kind of like the world as you know it is about to change. You're having to like relearn like everything. And I also had a situation where because I was dating, um, like I knew there was going to be a lot of, you know, not drama, that's not the word, but like I was going to have to be confronted with my childhood because of my ex's, you know, parents. They were very, very Christian and, you know, of course they called me and they were very upset and they, you know, told me I was a sinner or whatever. So I knew that I was going to have to like deal with that mm. <laughs> kind of stuff as well. Um, You're basically looking down a path that's not going to be easy and you know it's not going to be easy because you were a part of the obstacle that you are now going to have to face. Exactly. And I know what people think about queer people because I was a part of that community of people that thought that. Did you have a lot of people in your life like your ex-boyfriend's parents who used the Bible against you? Is that Was that a part of a lot of your coming out experience? What about your family? Thank God, no. It was just them and their, their whole family that I'd become, you know, close with. And yeah, now I was doing the ultimate sin. So that wasn't nice, but mm. that's okay. And um, no, I was very lucky with my family. My dad has done like a massive journey throughout, you know, his life. And he would still identify, I think as a Catholic, but he is not like, he was very, um, very involved in the church when we were younger. He wanted to be a priest up until wanting to have like very religious. And now he is not that religious because of all the, like the fact that the church is homophobic and sexist and all those things. Um, so I was very blessed that at home that my house isn't as religious anymore. 
So that wasn't so much of an issue. Thank God. (laughs) And um, my grandparents like didn't really get it. Um, But I didn't expect them to, you know, they're Catholics and they're of a different generation. So there's like little things like that, but lucky for me, mostly positive. And I think that was why I allowed myself to come out sooner. I think if my family was still very Catholic, um, if I was around only like conservative people, I don't think I would have come out. I think I would have, it would have taken me a few more years because I think the reason why I slowly allowed these thoughts to come in was because of the representation I saw around me. My siblings, like my siblings are the most amazing humans in the entire world. And like I said, my brother was like around a lot of queer people. So it was my sister. And like I started having like more friends that were like people from school and stuff that were like coming out. I just started seeing the world and social media helped so much. Like I'd read things, I'd see things. And I think it was because of all of that, that my world changed and allowed that like those thoughts and then eventually like, you know, actually following through wasn't as daunting um, because I my world had changed compared to years mm. before when I didn't know any gay people or trans people, you know. So yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of odd. I think that's why it was kind of sm- much more smooth sailing when I did come out. But I think the reason why I did is because it became like less of a terrifying thing to do so because everyone around me was like super accepting of queer people. That's great. It's interesting. Your story is unique in a couple of ways. Um, first, you're coming out while you're learning. Like mm. you're you're questioning it and that's your coming out story. I think I am. And then being in an accepting environment allows you to explore that a little bit further. Also, at the time, um, if you had said to the average person, in the late 90s, early 2000s, like what is queer, almost everyone knew what gay and lesbian meant. And bisexuality, Mm. it was definitely a part of our culture and the zeitgeist. But that's really it, honestly, Mm -hmm. right? Those three things are good. Trans is uh, this thing over in the corner that you sometimes see on TV, and it's almost always bad, labeled as mentally ill. But you, you, what makes your story so unique is you didn't just have to come out once in your lifetime, did you? You also had to kind of go through another entire coming out experience. And and luckily for you, uh, the world changes. And then all of a sudden, what it means to be queer expands. And, and really, now as we're recording this podcast, one could argue that really all of the letters in our beautiful community um, are having the heyday they deserve, the positivity, the awareness, uh, the representation. So you come out as lesbian. uh, You have a relationship with someone who is trans. Is that your first serious lesbian or uh, relationship? Relationship? Yeah, interesting. So even with me, how I label myself lesbian, that's like another whole entire story. But I, so I met my ex who is trans and we, we didn't, so we dated for like, we were seeing each other for like two months or something that ended. Then I dated, like I was dating people, women um, in between there had another relationship. And then maybe like seven, eight months later, I dated my ex, like 
reconnected. I dated, reconnect. That's what the word I'm looking for. I reconnected with them, and then we dated for like a year and a half. So, right. yeah. Okay. You at least at that point know I like women. That for sure, <laughs> and you're quite sure you don't like men, but you have this amazing connection with someone who was yeah. born a woman. Yeah. But was born into the wrong body and is, yes. has, tra- has started the process or has transitioned. What does that do for your mind? You're already, it was already hard enough to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I met my ex, they, they were not identifying as trans. They were identifying only just as non-binary. So I was actually using she pronouns and it wasn't until maybe like the fourth time we hung out, they were like, Hey, like, this is very new for me as well, but I've actually started using they, them pronouns. Like, can you use these pronouns? And I, I being a little baby, I was like, what, what are you talking about? I mean, of course, that's all of us. I know. And I was like, I don't remember being really cool. I was like, yeah, yeah, cool, 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 cool. I got this. I got this. I got this. They, them, like what, what's going on? And I remember like, I, they always laughed. They would always be like, you were so funny because you were like, oh yeah, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and my ex was like, I looked at your face like this person has no idea what I'm talking about. And I was like, yeah, cool, 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 cool. No worries. No worries. Um, and then like went home and I was like, what, what, um, and then in the in the eight months that we weren't together, that's when they dived much deeper into their gender journey, started identifying as trans, realizing, realizing like I'm really not a woman, there's a few things about my body I don't like, all that sort of stuff. So when we reconnected, it was like learning all over again. They are like, hey, don't ever use anything feminine for me. Don't call me a girl. Don't say this, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Um, so it was kind of like, it, it was confusing. Like, I'm going to be honest. It was, it was, it was really hard for both of us, I think, because I was holding space for that site, that part of them. And I was so proud of them. So it was like amazing and beautiful, but yeah, it was confusing. And we would have conversations like, and they weren't nice conversations. Like, I'm going to be honest. There were conversations in our relationship where I was trying to not, I guess, again, like use the right language and express how I was feeling and the confusion I was feeling the more that they wanted to possibly be a man, I was like, what does this mean for me? Like, yeah. and I don't think I've never spoken about that publicly. And I think a lot of people don't because I, I was scared. I was like, is that, am I transphobic again? Like, is that a bad thing to say? But it was the truth. It was like, we were in a very, very intimate relationship. We lived together and like, I was like there along their journey and like wanting to like hold them through that. But I also needed to express my own feelings of like, when you change, like when you're changing while you're with me, I'm still on my own journey of figuring out where I sit on the spectrum of like my gayness or whatever. Um, It brings up feelings in me. And I think it's sometimes hard when someone's on that journey to hold space because it's like, well, like it's got nothing to do with you. This is my pain or my, you know, discovery, but it's like, yeah, but because we're in such an intimate relationship, it does not affect me, but it does like bring feelings up for me. And I want to be able to express them as well without being attacked. Mm. And it was really hard. It took us a really long time to actually be able to have like really beautiful conversations about both of our feelings. And it was totally confusing. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like I, I was, yeah, I was confused. I'm really glad you're talking about this, Kath. It's interesting. Fluidity as a term is actually a medical term, right? For a long time, we have done research across the globe and understanding what it means for your sexuality to evolve and to change. But we aren't super comfortable in the media holding space for people through that exploration or evolution. We want to wait until they've landed. And that's potentially problematic for people who are listening. For most of the early 
research, we were looking at people who were in opposite sex marriages. The partner transitioned and the other partner worked through a complete change in their sexuality, right? We had research. We, we, we looked at women whose husbands became women. And then over the course of years, they realized, oh my goodness, it's, it's the heart. It's the, the, the inside of this person that I love. And then they wake up two years later and we're comfortable documenting saying, well, they're a lesbian now, but the journey that it took to get there, the uncomfortable conversations you're talking about saying, I'm attracted to you as a man, even through your transition, I'm still thinking about you or your penis. I'm still thinking about you, but we feel really uncomfortable with that. And you've articulated it perfectly. Am I being transphobic for speaking my truth about how I'm feeling? And I don't know that those conversations are really happening. So to to for you to have to kind of work through wanting someone and liking someone and being turned on, but also having had to power through not being straight. You did a whole decade of saying, no, no, no. I am not this. I'm this. And now this person's come into your life and made you re-question. I can only imagine. Yeah, it was really hard and it was really hard to know. And I think it is a really important conversation to have because I think even with my partner, they were confused as well. I think they went through pockets of like, you're just being transphobic. I'm like, am I? Oh my God. <laughs> like, but yeah. it, it, it wasn't. And it was, it was, I think it was a beautiful journey for them as well to be able to have that experience of being like, oh no, you're so right. Like you're going through your own stuff. And like, I think for me, because at the beginning, like before I've reconnected with them, I started identifying as a lesbian because I like wanted to reclaim that word because it was the word that had the most weight when I was younger in terms of like not wanting to come out because I saw lesbian as like a bad, dirty word. I also was around a lot of like gay people, um, women that would not use the word lesbian because they're like uncomfortable with it. And I think it's because historically lesbians have been really erased in gay and queer history because lesbians are majority women and, you know, the patriarchy is still a thing, Mm -hmm. even in queerness, which is another thing that we could totally unpack. Anyway, so I took it upon myself. I was like, I want to reclaim that word. I want to be a lesbian. Like I'm I'm a lesbian. Um, And then at the beginning when we reconnected, it was this really confusing thing because then they felt uncomfortable because they were like, well, you're identifying as a lesbian. I'm not a woman. So like, you know what I mean? And then I was like, true okay, I won't say that. I won't call myself a lesbian. And then this one day, like, I was like, I feel like my identity is being taken away from me. Like, this is a part of my identity and how I identify for, like, my own reasons. And for me, it's separate to how you identify. And it was a challenge. Like, behind closed doors, it was a challenge. And we were having conversations and it was confusing for me. But, yeah, for me, it was a thing of, like, just finding, like, being able to have that communication where we can both talk about our feelings without it being hostile. And then when that relaxed in and I was able to express myself, of course, I realized like I'm with this person because I love them. So that, so that kind of helped me just be like, oh, it doesn't matter what other people think. Cause I think a lot of times it's like what other people think, like even when people come out um, in their like twenties um, or whenever really, there's that journey because you have to like almost re-become an adolescent. You've been taught that like man, woman, the end. And then you realize you're not that. So then you have to kind of be in your adolescence again and be like, what do I like? Who do I like? How do I identify? And that's a really confusing process, but the society wants you to like make a decision and stick to it. And like, okay, so are you gay? Are you bisexual? Are you a lesbian? Are you this? Are you that? Are you non-binary? Are you cis? And it's like, I am figuring it out because I'm literally having to re-go through adolescence again to figure out 
who I am. And me being with my ex was all a part of that that journey as well of being able to have those conversations and again be like, where where do I sit? Am I, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. it is this like fine line too of like holding space for someone and then but also like having your own holding space for yourself. And I feel like in the climate we're in at the moment, we don't really have those conversations because people are scared, I think, to say the wrong thing, which is something that we shouldn't be scared of because we need to be having these conversations. But then in that, if we're going to say we need to have these conversations then people also need to not jump on people when they maybe get it wrong. And you're right. We're living in a time frame where you, you say one word wrong. Mm-hmm. And your whole life and career can be destroyed. But if you can't mm-hmm. say things wrong, if you can't go up to someone and say, I'm so confused, I'm really attracted to you, but I'm not straight. If we can't say that, then how are we supposed to find ourselves? Yeah, this is something that really like bugs me. And I think also it's a thing of allowing change. Like I think especially on, on this journey, like again, we want to label someone and put them there. And if they change their mind, we're like, you're a liar. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, no, like just allowing people to change and like nothing is like for me, I always go and it used to cause me so much anxiety, especially along that journey with my ex. And I just go, you know what? I'm just going to identify like my rule now is always, I'm going to identify how I feel today. I don't care if that changes tomorrow or the next week or the next month or the next year. But today I identify as a genderqueer lesbian and that's what makes me feel sexy and hot. But also, if I change my mind, don't come for me because I'm allowed to do that. I'm yeah. allowed to change my mind if I want to. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Like, And like I said, as of right now, I don't think I will because that's what makes me feel so good today and that feels so true to me. But I'm also going to forgive myself if that changes. And you're right, there is such a, yeah, that people are, yeah, we're all a bit terrified at the moment of saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. And I've learned to just accept that I probably will and I have I have I definitely have we've talked about that in this in this episode so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I guess one thing I'm so drawn to about you is you're really forgiving and understanding in your allyship there is a um uh hesitancy to expect things from people and I think it's really beautiful someone else like that is Denny yeah to do- Denny to is star by Denny is the best of the best. The one. There is <laughs> the a <one. laughs> forgiveness in the allyship and understanding yep. that it's not easy for everyone. And I think what's fascinating about both of you is you come from religious upbringings. And I think that is actually at its core what the very best of religion can teach you, which is oh my just God, treat yeah. everybody the way you want to be treated. And so what I often think about you when I watch your stories and hear you talk is you're saying, this is where I am today. I don't need you to totally get it, but I do need you to respect it uh, mm-hmm. and and come along the journey and ask questions. Open communication is critical. So if you're an ally and you're hearing the story or you have new friends who are discovering themselves and they say, I'm queer because I know I'm not straight, but I'm not 100% sure where I am, the very best thing you can do is just come along the journey, ask questions, be polite, be empathetic, explore and evolve, and maybe you'll learn something too. That's what I get from you. That is totally it. And I think honestly, something too, which was really interesting. You're so right. I think actually, you know, I think on that, I think having a religious upbringing or having, you know, a set of rules that you've then had to kind of like break out of whatever. And also the positives is what religion teaches you. Like I am a very, I'm not religious, but I'm a very like spiritual is what I use because I don't want to use the word religious. But like, for example, I am obsessed with Jesus. I think Jesus 
his PR in this world is so bad. Jesus is the coolest <laughs> MF ever. And he, he and like, I mean, whether he was, you know, real, whatever, the gospels essentially is what helped me actually come out. Because I remember sitting and going, what would Jesus do? I was like, Jesus would be like half naked at the queer parties. Like the man lived with like seven dudes. Like he was queer. He was like, and, and if he wasn't queer, he, he was. was like our biggest ally. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm like, ah. Oh. Mm. Um, and I think what that upbringing taught me is that there is a journey for a lot of people and a lot of people don't know. And a lot of the time when when people say or do whatever the wrong thing or aren't an ally or the opposite, they're homophobic or whatever, it's coming from a place of fear and of their own little echo chamber and their own little world. And also it's that thing in life, everyone, I believe everyone is doing their best. I think that to the core, I don't think, I don't think there's a very, very small percentage of the population that actually do things out of like malice. I think most people think that they're doing the right thing. And even though I can see and be like, no, that's rude. That's wrong. That's, you know, dangerous. It's important to say those things. Like it is dangerous, but I can understand. So I want to like call you in to be like, Hey, I need you to understand why that is dangerous or why it's okay. Or like where we're coming from and that sort of thing. And I honestly think my upbringing, and I think similar to Denny, I think our upbringings is what gives us the availability to nuanced and compassion in these conversations. Because only just as you said that I realized, like I have a lot of friends that grew up atheist and a gay or queer even my ex and we would butt heads because there was more of that, um, like relentless, like you're wrong. I'm right. F you. And I was just like, no, 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 no. Like, don't be like that. Like, you know what I mean? And then, mm. and I never really understood, like I, I, and I think like they learned from me of like, oh, wow. Like, like, and they would say that to me. They're like, it's really interesting how you maneuver yourself because you are quite compassionate and forgiving and you always want all the information. Like I'll never jump on a bandwagon. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What, where were they coming from? What did they say? Yes. Like, you know what I mean? And I yes. think honestly that comes from my upbringing. I think it really does. And I think when you mentioned Danny, I'm like, oh yeah, because we both had to, we were actively around people that didn't think they were doing the wrong thing. They thought they were doing the right thing because of the, the things that they believe and the way that they've been brought up. So it's not coming from a place of like ill will a lot of the time. It's just coming from a place of like, that's what you know and that's what you think is right. Even with my ex's parents, they weren't calling me to be like, you're disgusting. Like it wasn't like that. It was, they were genuinely upset and concerned because Mm. what they believe is that if you were gay, your life isn't going to be good. You're not going to be saved. You know, all these, you know, Christian things that I go like, well, I don't believe that. So, you know, Mm. but to them, they believe it so wholeheartedly that because they care about me and because they had a love for me, they were like, oh, no, 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 like, please, like, let me help you. Because even though, like, that's dangerous, like, I'm not trying to excuse that behaviour. It is dangerous and there's conversations that need to be had around that. But it gave me compassion in the situation instead of me firing up. Instead, I settled and I was like, listen, I don't believe that and, like, you know, had a nuanced conversation but I didn't get fired up because I realized that they act, the reason why they're doing this is because they care about me. And even though it's, I think it's wrong, it, it's coming from a place of love. And yeah. that's really confusing. This is it. Your journey is a, is a 10 year, I mean, really it's a, it's a lifetime, but you know, a, de- yeah. <laughs> a decade long journey of questioning, uh, rejecting, um, exploring, 
solidifying, re-exploring, re-solidifying, stepping into a space of the unknown and finding comfort in the fluidity. That is a journey. And that did not happen in a week and it did not happen in a month and it did not happen in a year. And it probably will continue to evolve and grow. And yet, as queer people, sometimes we expect people, allies, to get ready fast. Their journey to acceptance needs to be quick. Mm. Get my pronouns right or you're an asshole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Appreciate my sexuality or you cannot be in my life. And I'm not saying that that is wrong. I believe it to be justified. Let me tell you, sis, king, prince, human, anyone listening, I was that person too. I wanted everyone to be accepting of me the day I decided. It didn't matter that it took me 10 years to to speak the truth. You need to be ready fast. And if the one moral of Kath's story that I have learned in this conversation, whether it be from Jesus or the Lord, religion, or just who you are as a person, is we're all on a freaking journey. Give everyone a benefit of the doubt that that journey takes work no matter what side of the aisle you are on. If we can come together and communicate openly about the fact that we're that we're still on the journey together, I just think the world would be a much better place. I totally agree with you. And I think there's, you've made such a really important point there with that where you decide something and then you expect everyone to get it right and know and have all the right language. But that doesn't like, you know what I mean? I even remember like even with my pronouns, like I would never attack someone for like, you know, getting them wrong or whatever because it's like you've had year, like a whole lifetime, a lot of people, of having these two set of she and he and now you're having to unlearn all that and bring in this new word. Yes, you should do the unlearning. So then it does become in your vocabulary. But why are we not going easy on people, especially when someone's not doing it? Like someone's not doing it because like, I'm not, like if someone's like, I'm not even going to try, I don't even care. I'd be like, F you. Like, yeah, that's not nice. Then we have a But problem. when someone's like, I am trying, I'm just trying it because it's a new word in my vocabulary. I've never used it. I've never talked like that. I've never seen you like that. So I'm just, I'm trying, you know. I find a lot of the time, especially young, I think a lot of the time, like younger queers are so quick to like attack. And it's like, why you had to unlearn and you had to get used to that. Like I even know me, like I misgender myself all the time because I viewed myself as a woman. So I'm always like referring and I'm like, wait, what? Like, because it's just in my vocabulary. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, I think definitely on like stuff like that. And like, just, I, I totally agree. Like we need more compassion for just like we extend compassion to ourselves as gay people. Um, we need to do the same to our lives because they're learning just the same. It's just a bit different. So we've just had this wonderful conversation. Uh, You and I are obviously deep into our uh, journey of self-discovery. I'm sure it will continue to go, but I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who are younger, who are discovering parts of themselves. Uh, They might resonate with one slice of your truth. I might be a lesbian, I might be non-binary, I might be trans, I'm attracted to someone. What would you say to someone young who's coming to terms with their sexuality? I think it's so, I know everyone like talks about how social media is like not a good thing for young people and to an extent, sure. But the amazing thing about social media is you have your own, if you're, you know, lucky enough to be young and have access to, you know, a phone, a computer that's not monitored or whatever, but you have like amazing resources on the internet and amazing people that you can follow 
who, I mean, I know me personally, that was a huge pivotal moment in my coming out journey was following queer people, lesbians, trans people. And that representation through a screen is what helped me understand what I was feeling. Having someone, you know, say what I was feeling inside was so validating and so it was everything. It helped me so much. So I definitely say to people that are younger or just, you know, wanting to explore the sexuality or maybe feeling a bit confused or like, you know, I would say my biggest uh, access point would be to start off on the internet. Um, there's incredible people. I mean, you could follow us, you could follow both of us. There you go. <laughs> we talk about gay things. Um, and obviously Denny, star by Denny, who's, you know, both of our friends and, um, pages like a um, as one of my favorite people on the internet to follow for, um, resources. I mean, there's so many. So yeah, I think my advice would be again, go easy on yourself, which is the whole point of this conversation. Go easy on yourself. You don't need to have all the answers straight away. Anyone that puts pressure on you to have all the answers, just ignore them. I know that's hard because like, you're not going to have all the answers. The best thing you can do is just go easy on yourself, explore. Um, and yeah, I would definitely say like, use the internet. There's a lot of amazing juice on there and I would use that to my advantage. Everyone who's listened to this far in, cares. Everyone who's listened this far in wants to learn more. Everyone who's listened this far in is on their own journey. And so I think the moral of this story and cast journey is like, go easy on yourself. Mm -hmm. With all that said, thank you so much for just being open and honest and sharing your truth. And I've learned a lot, especially towards the end here where we've kind of tapped into this like (laughs) much larger (laughs) understanding of what it means to be a human being and the power and connections. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on here. Yeah, I just, I was talking about things that I never have. Hope I don't get cancelled, but that's fine if I do. Whatever, it's my time. <laughs> if it's my time, it's my time. <laughs> yes. Have an amazing, amazing day. You too. Okay, we are back. How are you going? How are you feeling? If this episode left you wanting more information about our wonderful LGBTQIA plus alphabet, then you should check out Minus 18. They're Australia's LGBTQIA plus charity. They have heaps of resources on their website and they run trainings for workplaces and classrooms. Minus 18 are on all socials at minus18youth and their website is minus18.org.au. But Minus 18 isn't a helpline. So if you're looking for support, you can call QLife on 1-800-184-527 for free every day from 3 p.m. till midnight. If you're feeling anxious and not up to talking on the phone, they also have web chat at qlife.org.au. Lifeline is also available 24 hours a day for crisis support and suicide prevention. Their number is 13 11 14. If you want to be a part of the Come Out Wherever You Are community, you can slide into our DMs on Instagram at Come Out Wherever You Are. You can also follow me at Sean Zeps. That's S-E-A-N-S-Z-E-P-S. Come Out Wherever You Are is presented by me, Sean Zeps, producer Lindsay Green, executive producer Jennifer Goggin, and audio producer Chris Marsh. Listener.